And what's beautiful about it is it's it's already integrated to your ERP so that all that work you did with your vendors, the costing you put in it, the SKU setup you did, the bomb setup you did, all that can flow right into commercialization because the PLM is part of the suite. So that I, this is really powerful. Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing. This approach needs alignment among people, processes, and technologies. So if you're a business owner, operations, or finance leader looking to learn growth strategies from your peers and competitors, you're tuned into the right podcast. Welcome to the WBS Podcast, where scalable growth using business systems is our number one priority. Now, here is your host, Sam Gupta. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the WBS Podcast. I'm Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm Elevate IQ. Infor M3 is a unique product that can meet specific requirements of certain industries. But do these specific requirements really matter? Can't you just customize a vanilla ERP system such as Microsoft Dynamics 365? Business Central or SAP S4 HANA? Well, it gets really tricky for certain industries such as fashion and apparel, food and beverage, and equipment rental. It's because you need to have a richer data model tailored for these industries. The rich data model could include native support for matrix inventory, in-process test workflows, technicians availability, and integration of rental agreements at the work order level. So does Infor-M3 have native support for these needs? In today's episode, we invited a panel of industry experts for a live discussion on to conduct an independent review of Infor-M3's capabilities. We covered many grounds, including their strengths in fashion, food and beverage, retail and chemical industries. Finally, we discussed their full suite capabilities, such as PLM collaboration, and matrix inventory support along with traceability that will be critical for regulated industries. With that, let's get to the conversation. Hello everyone, welcome to today's show. And if you are joining for the first time, this is part of our industry series for which we meet every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern and we pick one vendor or the solution that we review independently. And we always have an expert panel that is willing to share their insights and wisdom. For today, we have a very unique solution. It's called Infor-M3. So we are going to have a lot of fun discussing what these industries, these specific industries need and why Infor-M3 is going to be so unique uh, as a product. Before we do that, we are going to start with everybody's intros. I am going to start with my intro. If you don't know me, I am Sam Gupta. I am principal at Elevate IQ. Elevate IQ is the independent ERP and digital Transformation consulting firm, we help our clients with ERP selection, implementation, and contract negotiation. On that note, I am going to move to Phil for his intro. Hi, everybody. Phil Kerper, Ringling Business Solutions. We help our clients align their digital transformation strategy with their core business and take a holistic look at getting business value out of the investments they're making in IT and digital transformation, ERP particularly, and uh, I've been uh, 
in the C-suite uh, role for several decades and implemented a lot of the ERP products that we are talking about in these sessions and happy to be here. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Phil. Dave, can I ask you to introduce yourself next? Sure. Thanks, Sam. Hi, everybody. My name is Dave Chrysler and I own an operations consulting business working with manufacturing leaders to help them systemize their business on the way to achieving operational excellence. And I come to you with more than 20 years of operations management experience and excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Sam. For being here, Dave. Okay, Andy, can I move to you next for your intro? Thank you so much, Sam. Uh, my name is Andy Pratico. I've been involved with ERP software for small to mid-sized manufacturers all over North America for the last four de decades, if you can believe it. Uh, I've worked with over a thousand manufacturers. I live in Canada, but I, I'm a Canadian, but I lived in the U.S. for 11 years. And uh, I've also written a book that helps people uh, uncover the truth about ERP systems before they buy. And uh, thank you again for inviting me. Okay, amazing. Thanks for uh, being here, Andy. And if you're in the audience and joining for the first time, make sure you guys send your uh, comments and questions. We typically cover them during the show. If you run out of time, then our panelists are going to make sure that you guys are going to receive your answers. On that note, I am going to start with the briefing for today's solution, and then we'll open up the floor for the commentary. So before we do that, I am actually going to start with a little recap of Enforce Corporate Strategy. I don't know, Phil, Dave, and Dave, if you guys remember, uh, you know, the Corporate Strategy for Enforce, it's very similar to Epic Core from the go-to-market perspective. They are going to have very specialized solution. And the term that they use, in fact, I mean, Aptine is probably going to be using the same term. They call it as purpose-built for specific industry. And we, when we reviewed in four, we noticed that, you know, a lot of these solutions, even though they claim that they were purpose built, but we could not really see much of the industry functionality, the last mile functionality, as they call it. But today is going to be different. Okay. In four M3, you are going to see a lot of, uh, you know, especially when it comes to the specific and, and these industries are going to be very unique. So some of the industries where Infor M3 likes to play, and it's sort of all over the place, and sometimes it's kind of hard to connect the dots, why they are sort of over the, all over the place in terms of the industries, uh, but those industries have a little similarity in terms of the kind of data model that these industries needs. So number one industry is going to be fashion and apparel. That is a very retail-centric vertical. The next industry is going to be chemical. And now that's going to be a big leap, okay? You were actually producing shirts, and all of a sudden you are producing chemicals. Why is that? In the same ERP. Uh, but there are some similarities in terms of the way these two industries work. Uh, and then you have a lot of equipment. Rental is another patch they like to go in. That's where you have a lot more capabilities inside the product. And uh, then food and beverage uh, is is one more uh, that M3 likes to target. There are a few more like distribution, but then you lose that industry specific functionality that M3 product is really known for. Now, overall, from the corporate strategy perspective, uh, Infor likes to club all of their products as part of that Infor OS layer. So even in this particular case, you are probably going to feel that it is sourced using the similar interface, but underlying products are going to be completely different. These are not just the flavors. Uh, 
uh, of the product, the, the whole tech stack, the programming languages, the way interface is going to work. There is no sort of correlation between your Infor-M3 versus Infor-LN versus Sightline or, or any other products that Infor has in its portfolio. So Infor-M3 is going to be a completely, completely different product, even though the interface might look a little similar. And the reason why it appears similar is because they have created that sort of box. It's almost like a TV where they can, you know, shove any of the product and, <laughs> and the experience is probably going to be similar. It's not as same, honestly speaking. The only thing it shares is going to be that box, which is going to be an infrastructure layer using your home pages. It's going to have an uh, ION, which is the iPass. Uh, but the iPass is not as robust as what you are going to find in the industry, uh, in the specialized category. And then it has document management, I believe. Uh, so all of the infrastructure component that you are going to require to be able to share, to be able to com communicate with many different products uh, inside Infor portfolio. Now, even though they call it as Infor M3, Infor M3 is a okay, and the way suite differs from an ERP system is going to be they are trying to bring together at least five or six different products. Okay, these products are not necessarily required. They are probably going to be optional, but you are going to get that best of breed experience that you are going to get, let's say if you go to SAP, S4 HANA suite is designed to be slightly more best of breed. When you need, let's say the EWM TMS functionality, you are probably going to be utilizing a different product there as well. Uh, so this is the similar uh, experience that Infor is trying to create uh, with all of their enterprise uh, great products. Infor M3 is slightly bigger products. I think it's localized in roughly what, 70 countries, which is a big deal, okay? So it's a very large product. And typically, it's positioned for companies that are going to be roughly $250 million and above. Uh, sometimes it might be installed uh, with companies that are going to have, let's say, uh, $100, $150 million, but never below that. So it's definitely a very large product. It competes with the likes of uh, SAP S4 HANA, Sage X3. I would say those are going to be some of the comparable products. Obviously, SAP S4 HANA is going to be much bigger overall in terms of the, the product, but here you are going to get a lot more functionality uh, as part of the box as opposed to Man, developing that on. Do you know what M3, This I should know this, but do you know what M3 was called before Infor acquired it? No. I, no? I, I, I could not find the history. I'll, 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 I'll look it up while we're doing this. Sorry. Yeah, please. Thank you. Okay. Uh, any other comments, guys? I think I'm, I'm done with uh, briefing Dave, Phil. Oh, well, you know, just very Phil, high level. You, uh, Infor, as we all know, has a ton of software products. Each one has its own target market and vertical and size of industry. M3 happens to be one of their large systems along with their LN products. And uh, I'm sure there are some very impressive customers. So I got a similar topic. So they're saying on their website, Infor's most powerful ERP cloud software. So so they're they're kind of putting this as their enterprise system as their flagship, but I wasn't sure that's what they meant by that, Sam, if you compare to their other products because there's a, they, I don't know they really have it. So is this really the premium or is it close to a couple other products they have and maybe what are some of the major differences in their offer? So I guess their strategy is slightly different, right? So their premium is going to be industry specific. So the industries that they like to position in for LN, they are not going to position in for M3. So it's never, you know, sort of, okay, I got SAPS for HANA and everybody just buy it, right? It doesn't work that way. 
within four. So they have two. That's why they have two or three different products. They are purpose built for the industry. They are not trying to sell the same product to different industries. So both of them are going to be flagship. I don't know how to answer your question, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> or all of them are going to be flagship. <laughs> well, you answered it. So it is. It is a little bit confusing for this particular company. I think they're, they're not as in different markets. Yeah. I think no. I think that's an excellent answer. That makes sense. You know, versus like you say, when you look at the other enterprise system, they do a little bit more, you know, good, better, best type of stratification of the product. Yeah. And I guess, well, even in terms of revenue share, I don't know if there is a clear winner, either MP or or LN. They both are sort of okay product, I would say. They are not something like, you know, Microsoft Dynamics 365 uh, FNO in terms of number of installations. For example, if you look at number of customers and we are going to review it from one of the YouTube videos that I could find uh, and they are claiming that they have roughly what 300 installations right now. Uh, 300 is a very low number in general. But again, the size of the customers is going to be very large. Now, we don't know whether 300 is a cloud number or is it the total number. So that, so I think that's probably going to be a cloud number in my opinion. On-prem is probably going to be much bigger, but don't expect that this is going to be 100,000. There's no way. <laughs> they don't have as many. I think the total number of customers is what, 70,000? And then they have a lot of different ad solutions. Uh, that is going to be part of uh, that name. That was actually very helpful. That's what I was getting at, trying to just get it, get that kind of situated. Yeah. Dave, uh, you had a comment as well? No? Okay. No, I was just going to add to what you said, and and it comes right from their marketing, but you, you already got it covered, Sam. Okay. Andy, anything else? No? Okay. Perfect. So I'm actually going to start with this slide. And this is a very recent YouTube video where we found this slide. And it says they have 300 customers provisioned. And then when they are saying provision globally in M3 Cloud, most likely they are wrapping to, to cloud. But my guess, and I don't know how many customers they are going to have on M3, but probably 2,000, 3,000, not more than that. As it is, roughly 30,000 customers for SAPS for HANA enterprise customers. So obviously, when you go for these larger customers, you are not going to find like, you know, 100,000 customers. So this is okay number. It's not too bad. It's not, it's not, uh, you know, too high either. Um, now, they are claiming that, okay, 80% uh, growth for in 4 and 3, 80% uh, from where? From 200? Uh, <laughs> so that's a great number, but overall number is, is very low. So 18% looks great. I, I like it. Uh, is it marketing wonderful? Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I, w I wasn't sure in there. I had kind of a similar question. I wasn't sure if that by them stating that is growth of provisioned customers, if that meant new signups or if that was uh, potentially, uh, you know, an on-prem to a cloud conversion. Uh, unclear. Dave, I'm, I'm almost positive that that's probably going to be everything. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know if anybody is going to understate their numbers, uh, you know, unless they are being absolutely clear in terms of what they are positioning. But here, probably it's going to be everything. Okay, so um, one thing that I personally like is the 71 number, to be honest, okay? So this is where a lot of these mid-market solutions struggle in that globalization functionality. They are probably going to be globalized in five, ten countries. And if your operations are going to be in, in ten, then you probably need a separate ERP system for that country. And now I don't know how deep that capability is, to be honest, in these countries, if they are going to have really deep financial capabilities, because even in the case of, let's say, if you go for SAPS for HANA or uh, Microsoft 365 FNO, 
even with them, you are not going to get that deep functionality for those countries. And sometimes, uh, even if you go for systems like Sage, I mean, they have a separate package for France because the default package that they are going to have for France is probably not going to work. If you go to countries like Mexico or Brazil, uh, you always struggle there. Um, so I don't know how deep the localization functionality is going to be, but the way Info likes to think and work, my understanding of it to be probably they are going to have much deeper features for those countries as well. Uh, now they are saying 2000 improvements continuously delivered. I don't know, you know, what those improvements are, to be honest. Okay. Uh, that's a great number, but we'll see in terms of these screenshots how improved the product is uh, and how great the experience is going to be. So was it that bad to start with, Sam? <laughs> Which one? 2000? Number? <laughs> well, uh, if you needed to fix 2000 things, I didn't, I'm just saying, where did you start? Yeah, I mean, you know, for me, numbers is just a number. You know, what I like to see is <laughs> the details. You know me, Phil. <laughs> I know. No, I'm just, I'm just asking a question. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so here is how the product looks and the look and feel is probably going to be very similar to other Infor products that we have seen. And we have reviewed Infor CSI, uh, which is the sideline product and Infor LN. So the look and feel is going to be very similar just because the, the top layer that you are probably seeing is going to be the Infor OS. Uh, and then you have the product that is sort of, you know, fitting inside that screen. So the, the way each of the product is going to work is different overall in terms of the workflow, in terms of the functionality. So the way uh, they are opening these tabs inside one screen is probably going to be similar. Uh, you know, they have enterprise search, for example. We did not see enterprise search with the other products, but this enterprise search is a shortcut, okay? So this is not a real enterprise search that you are going to get with, you know, NetSuite, Acumatica, those are cloud-native solutions. Seems like Epicore has figured out how to do enterprise search. So this is a very, very, very marketing uh, enterprise search, okay? So the only thing they are trying to do here with this enterprise search is they are literally looking up in, in just one page. Uh, it's not meant to be the whole enterprise search because, you know, if you actually notice on some of these screens, uh, as you progress through your, your demo video, then you are going to feel that you can enable, disable enterprise search on a specific screen. And, and, and then some of these screens, you are not going to have that. Uh, and we have seen in the case of reviews as well that some customers are complaining that enterprise search is not going to be available on every single module and the screen. So how's that in enterprise search? I don't know about that. Okay. You have simply branded that as enterprise search. It's a great search feature, but it's not necessarily enterprise search that you are going to get with the cloud native. System. This is one of those examples, Sam, where I think these guys hurt themselves. You know, why imply that just to have to explain it away later? You know, it just doesn't make sense. You're completely because, right, Phil. Phil, because not everybody is going to watch these videos, right? So customers, they are going to say, okay, enterprise search. Okay, check mark. Done. Okay, we have enterprise search. Boom. Right, but if, <laughs> if someone knows enough about ERP to know they want true functional enterprise search later down the path, and they don't watch the video, later down the path, you, you, why, you just have a mess to clean up. They might have still bought your product with the amount of search functionality that you are providing them. So I just I just think this is one of those sales. I get it why they exaggerate a little bit, but this just it's too specific useful as an exaggeration. So the, prob the problem is, is that, you know, it's so, it's so convoluted and so many functionalities and so many ERP. You know, the, the example that I've always used in the past is when they all say we do shop scheduling, but the definition of shop scheduling with each ERP means something different. 
Same thing with enterprise search. It's not a defined uh, adjective. It's Sam, Phil, Dave, and me. We all know what we're, we think enterprise search means. But anyone can call any kind of search enterprise search. It doesn't have yeah, no Phil, Phil, one of the points that, you know, once your contract is signed, then, that, you know, you don't want to deal with your software vendors. You know how bad it, it gets, right? So let's say if you have signed your contract based on your understanding that you are getting some form of enterprise search, but then you are going to use it and then you are going to know, well, okay, that, okay, this is not working how I expected. So what do you do then? You're locked. <laughs> okay, so I'm actually going to move to my next slide, but this is where the real differentiator is, to be honest. And if you want to replicate this functionality uh, in any of the vanilla ERP, it's going to be a nightmare. Okay, so even if your user experience is not going to be as fancy you are not going to get those fancy features but you know the the, the product mix the way the products are structured in this industry and this is by the way fashion okay so even if your uh, you know screens are not going to be as pretty you are would still require these feature sets especially the underlying matrix and battery supported as part of your erp if you don't have that oh my goodness you are going to have real fun okay and if you let's say if your ERP does not support that and for example let's say if you're using some sort of PLM to enable your supplier collaboration process uh, or doing the actual uh, you know planning and uh, uh, and procurement inside your PLM if you do that then also you would require the data model or the data set supported as part of your ERP system in this particular case in case in the case of M3 you are going to get everything as part of the suite which is going to be your complete PLM it's going to be your complete ERP. So anything and everything that a designer is going to need, anything and everything that your merchandising team is going to need, anything and everything that your planner is needing, it's going to be as part of one system. And that's where the beauty of M3 is. And I don't know any other product. The only other product that I know in the market that can do what M3 can do is going to be the RLM, RLM product that Aptin just bought. And, and somebody has to correct me. Here, I don't know if it is RML or RLM. I think RLM. So Aptine just what? Because Aptine has exact same strategy as N4. They are going to have slightly smaller customers, but they the go-to-market strategy is exact same. So they have bought this product as well. And obviously, it's going to be competing with the smaller uh, players uh, in this space. But it's going to be similar, uh, you know, architecture overall from the product perspective their go-to-market strategies. So those two products are the only ones which I know in the fashion market that exist. The other product that is extremely prevalent is going to be NetSuite. NetSuite has one of the most vibrant ecosystem in the fashion vertical. Uh, obviously, with NetSuite, you are probably going to be needing at least three or four different add-ons that are going to be the main add-ons that you have with NetSuite. But in this particular case, those add-ons are probably going to be okay. Number one, because... The kind of merchandising processes you are going to have as the apparel company, they are extremely involved. And I don't know how many merchandising or design team are going to be comfortable using an ERP, to be honest. Okay, it's going to be a real challenge in general because, you know, the, the process gets very involved. They need to move real fast. Uh, and even the procurement team, they need to move real fast. Uh, so in this particular case, and that's probably the reason why NetSuite is so successful in this particular vertical. But here we are getting everything as part of the product. So larger companies actually like in 4M3 a lot. So here, uh, the, the uh, functionality that you're looking at, number one, this is the order functionality where you have the styles, you have the size, you have the seasons, and you have multi-dimensional functionality 
as it relates to the item that you are either uh, evaluating well in terms of you know what you need to order which are the designs that are going to perform well and based on that you are going to... so here you are literally putting the inputting the number in a grid and you know you can order all of that in one go and you are going to have several different data fields so let's say if you are simply augmenting your item master okay if it is just a one-to-one -one field then uh, augmenting that is not going to be a problem but when you have multiple layers of your data and then uh, you know, augmenting that in a vanilla ERP, it's a nightmare. We have seen a lot of ERP implementation failures just because of that when they try to uh, sort of augment this kind of functionality on top of vanilla. It just doesn't work. So this is why I really like M3 product a lot, to be honest, okay? So here you have several different things. For example, let's say the comparison functionality. Now, comparison functionality is a very deep workflow that every single merchandiser is probably going to be requiring as they are either procuring evaluating looking at designs whether they like anything or not and you know for this they need to be extremely precise overall in their assessment of the market so these are very seasonal products if they overbuy then they are going to hurt them okay if they choose wrong design then they are going to have these stockouts so the job of a merchandiser and planner that's bread and butter okay for any of the apparel or the retail company that they are selling and in this you need to be again uh, laser precise in terms of your assessment okay which are the designs you are looking for how many items are you going to sell and if you cannot do that then obviously you are over you are going to be overstocking a lot and you are going to be doing a lot of them so that's why this whole functionality is extremely critical for retail apparel operations okay so some more uh functionality here overall and this is how your items are going to look so here you have a uh, feature set such as your promotion so for example let's say in, in this particular case i mean the vendor portals are actually going to be provided by your import entry where you have uh, anytime you are going to publish your design to your vendor so uh, now the your customers are actually going to see those designs and they can apply the promotions they can evaluate they can compare they can order right from there they can request design changes so this is a very thick workflow overall in the way these customers and the vendors are going to be collaborating on the design. Typically, this workflow is going to happen inside the PLM software, okay? And even inside the apparel micro vertical, there are many different patches, okay? And I have seen that in those patches, the needs are going to be so different. Typically, they are driven by the design and, and the PLM workflow that they have very specialized ERP system. Even they are not going to be happy with something like, to be honest, that's how specific it gets in, in those uh, in those microverts. Here, the layer that we are talking about, you know, for example, on the item, you are going to have things such as your season. Now, season does not exist in any of the ERP system unless that is designed for retail. And season actually has a, 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 a deep functionality overall, the way your products are going to be ordered the way they are going to be procured the way they are going to be sold so that's oh, going yeah. to be a <laughs> exactly so that's a very deep functionality it's not just some random field that you are printing on your sales order and that's it you're done uh, <laughs> you know it's very 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 deep uh, so again the layers that you are looking at and these layers are very deep overall uh, it's almost like uh, you know as if you are overlaying another item master on top of your item that's how deep this functionality is and that's why it's very critical to have that as part of your Okay, now it gets really, really deep overall. If you guys actually watch the demo of this product, to be honest, it looks really slick. Even though the appearance and the experience is not going to be 
as great, but overall, the product, the way the collaboration is happening, the way they are working on the design. For example, it almost looks like, and Dave, you are going to get a kick out of this, okay? So you will feel as if you are working inside your Adobe designer and you know how designers work. So you are literally choosing a color from a color palette inside your ERP. Can you believe this? Uh, <laughs> okay, so that's how deep it gets overall from the design trim perspective. And there are at least 10 to 15 to 20 different uh, you know, dimensions that you have to have in terms of your product categories because you know how much change this industry is going to experience overall from their taste perspective. You know, everything is just so volatile in, in the market from the season perspective. People, you know, the taste and preferences are changing on a daily basis. So, you know, these merchandisers need to be on top of their game in terms of the way they are going to be ordering and, and how they are going to be planning. Do you think that over on the right where it says libraries and they have all those elements you're just describing, do you think critical path is what we would call critical path or is that something different? So critical path is going to be, uh, so they have a real project overall in terms of okay. the way they plan the way. So this project is going to be slightly more uh, part of your R&D or the engineering. For example, let's say if you compare this with your aerospace, okay? So in the aerospace as well or the electronics industry, they are also going to have a PLM workflow, but that is typically for the, the R&D and the engineering. It does not have as much collaboration, even though they have a little collaboration with the vendors as well. But the collaboration is not as deep as you are looking at 80 different variables. And those 80 different variables are actually going to be driving your planning and the procurement. Typically, you don't have as many dimensions uh, in those industries. And that's why those industries are probably not going to be as complex. This one is 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 a nightmare. Sam, I'm, I'm assuming that the kind of integration between the ERP and e-commerce is pretty elegant. Do you have any experience with that? I mean, how is how is that functionality uh, with this particular uh, solution? So uh, it's not just the ERP and e-commerce integration here, right? So it's going to be e-commerce, ERP, if you are going to be using something like NetSuite, which has support for apparel industry, you are probably going to be using a specialized merchandising software. Okay, you are going to be using a specialized PLM software. That's where your designers and the merchandisers are. are uh, and then, uh, so these four, and then you are probably going to have a warehouse management software as well, because they have a very deep warehouse management tool. So you are looking at five-day integration, and those all are going to be equally busy overall in terms of the transaction volume. It's not a light integration where you are simply analyzing some information and doing something about it. Uh, you know, so this is a very, very, very tight integration. Obviously, e-commerce is going to be very tricky overall. And by the way, in this particular space, it's not just the e-commerce integration. It's also going to be omni-channel experience. So even yeah. let's say if you are able to integrate with your uh, e-commerce, you have your POS to worry about because you are probably going to have 40 different stores. And then you have, if you are selling through your retailers, then you have to integrate. So this play space is extremely complex overall from the integration perspective. So if you are able to reduce the moving parts in your architecture, obviously that's going to be easier. So in this particular case, let's say if you're looking at In4M3, In4M3 is probably going to have the PLM as part of your uh, your suite. You are going to have the ERP as part of your suite. Now, In4 has an e-commerce offering called Rhythm. Now, I don't know how many customers are going to really use it, okay? Because if you are in this space and you are a fashion brand, you probably want something like Shopify. Okay, <laughs> because you are not going to get the same experience with other. But obviously, the advantage with Rhythm is going to be that it is going to be pre-integrated. So at least you don't have to spend million dollar 
in, in a greeting and your inventory is probably going to be accurate. Experience is not going to be as great, but at least from the operational integration, operational uh, collaboration perspective, it's going to be far superior. But still, let's say uh, if you go with everything in four, then you probably are going to, you are probably not going to require any integration because everything is going to be. But if you go with something like, you know, NetSuite, then you are looking at at least five different software. Some of them may be pre-baked, some of them may not be pre-baked. And even if they are going to be pre-baked, they are going to be pre-baked from their perspective. So yeah. when you are going to be <laughs> including five different variables, okay, your integration is probably not going to work. But th- this screen reads as, as like, like you said, part of their PLM, and it's the project part of their PLM, the critical path item that Annie talked about kind of gives a tell on that. So those libraries, so so think of it that you're 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 gonna you're designing this fall's wardrobe and these are yeah. each project's options. They 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 might be a agreed project, it might be just an idea, and you're putting these together and they're moving down a project path. When it gets to the integration with the with the external e-commerce, you're down to the product that you're actually releasing for commercialization. So this would I'm 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 thinking that users are, that are that have that are doing this design work, they're going to be able to eliminate a lot of things that they have right now where they're designing here, they got their pictures here, they got different information there and start to combine it into into a, a design in this case a design flow that could be really exciting, very powerful, as powerful as some of the bigger systems but very specific to this industry. Does so that make Phil, sense, Sam? The only comment I would make, Phil, is let's say, and your comment is valid, to be honest, okay? And let's say if you are completely segregating between your commercial versus your design, then you don't have as tight integration. But the challenge happens because you need to collaborate with vendors in your design phase. So the same vendor is actually going to live in your commercial phase as well. Yep. So now and your vendors are actually living at two places. 100%, and the phase is the right word. So in your design phase, you may go to vendors and get quotes and get all that stuff, and you're tying them to your project. And then when you commercialize, that's commercialization. And now you've chosen your vendor, you've chosen your five colors, you know, your trim, you know, and now that's what you're actually taking. And what's beautiful about it is it's it's already integrated to your ERP so that all that work you did with your vendors, the costing you put in it, the SKU setup you did, the bomb setup you did, all that can flow right into commercialization because the PLM is 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 part is 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 related. It's part of the suite. Better put, it's part of the suite. So the, I, this is really powerful. And and again, to your earlier point, Sam, how deep it is in this particular industry is really important. exactly. So let's uh, look at some more uh, you know fields and 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 the whole idea here is really to show the amount of fields and the layers that you are going to have for each of the items. Even inside color, you are going to have many different variables that you need to store as part of the ERP system because your color colors are actually part of your workflow. I mean, part of your ERP. So typically, if you ask me if it is going to be operational data, then I may ask you, okay, you know what? Just do it in some other system and then come back to your ERP when you are ready to order. But in this particular case, you are collaborating with your vendors and now that becomes your ERP process. So that's where the trick is, to be honest. And that's why now uh, finance guys need to worry about colors. <laughs> so that, that's the interesting part I really like about this particular space. Uh, but overall, in terms of the number of attributes that you are going to see, uh, you know, you have things structure, season, brand. Oh, my goodness. I mean, the amount of information that you need to carry as part of your item master, it's just a nightmare. Hey, Sam, I'm curious, with all of that detail behind it, what's that do to the kind of data infrastructure and the transaction load and just the just the efficiency of the system? What do, 
what's your experience been with that? I'm just curious if there's been if there's a significant impact on any of that just with the amount of data that, you know, is potentially being fed into the system. So I'll give you a real example. So, for example, let's say if you look at, uh, you know, some of these smaller ERP systems and the assumption that their technical architect is going to make is, you know what, you are probably going to have 10 tables. Each of those 10 tables are going to have 10 fields. And that's the capacity that I am assuming that anybody is going to hit this system at. Now, for example, let's say if you uh, shove all of this information inside your QuickBooks. Now, QuickBooks had a very low expectation in terms of the transaction volume. And now you are actually adding 400 different tables on top of your 10 tables. So your original estimation of capacity is going to be 10 tables. But now you are actually adding 400 different tables and 10x number of transactions that you probably originally estimated. So now, Dave, you are an operations guy and you know <laughs> how to balance the, the capacity and the demand for the system and how the systems is actually going to behave if you are actually going to overload with respect to transactions. So obviously, and that's why I actually don't, I'm not a big fan of using a vanilla ERP system for this industry because this industry is very unique. So you need to have at least the matrix inventories and there is a term for that, okay? So if an ERP system is going to be targeted for this particular vertical, they are going to have the support for matrix inventory that you need to have inside your ERP. You still need to overlay a lot more data set on top of that, but you at least need to have that. Uh, otherwise, it, it, it should not even be considered. The ERP system should not be considered. For Thanks. Okay, so some more. So this is where the, your uh, you know fashion PLM partner collaboration is going to be handy. So uh, you know, but if you are using a specialized PLM system, that's probably going to have slightly deeper capabilities than what Info is going to offer overall from the cloud nativeness of the solution perspective, let's say if you look at the options that you are going to find uh, in the NetSuite ecosystem or the Ecumenica ecosystem, they are going to be slightly prettier. They are going to be far more cloud native, and that is going to help attract the right designers. Uh, because for retailers, if you look at their business model, I mean, the reason why they exist is because of their designers. So if you have really, really good designers, <laughs> then you are probably going to have really good business. OK, so you definitely need to care for your designers experience. And I don't know how comfortable they are going to feel in using these, which are obviously very legacy from the user experience perspective. So uh, there are going to be pros and cons overall from the integration perspective uh, in terms of what functionality you are going to get versus, uh, you know, the, the experience. So obviously there's going to be a little debate there whether you are going to go best of breed or fully integrated. But in this particular case, best of breed may be OK. And Phil might think that, you know, Sam is completely changing his position. OK, uh, last week he uh, agreed for the customization and today he's OK with some of the add-ons. <laughs> so in this particular case, add-ons are okay, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your your position is it depends. <laughs> I know, I know. That's a that's a best consulting answer. <laughs> so guys, by the way, let me see. Here you are going to have some other feature sets, and these feature sets are going to be uh, equally important in some of the industries, such as let's say if you go for the alcohol market or the beer uh, or the winery market, right? There you have the the whole workflow for sample, and in this industry you have the whole workflow samples as well and that could be very thick in terms uh, in terms of the the workflow because some of these products are very expensive so you need to worry about the reverse logistics uh, for those samples uh, if you are not donating them for free so that's where the, the whole sample workflow could be extremely thick as well typically that resides in your plm system but in this particular case you are going to have that uh, built 
as part of the the same system but obviously the plm product that enfor is providing is a completely different product than your erp even though uh, from the screen perspective you are going to feel that it is part of the same product but underneath they are simply trying to integrate the products uh, uh, they are completely different products from the data structure perspective the only difference is going to be it is going to be pre baked and it is going to be provided by enfor so your integration experience is going to be far smoother than going for something uh, like netsuite where you are going to be dealing with five okay so here the whole personalization aspect and again this is this is what fascinates me overall when i look at different enfor products so in this particular case the personalization experience is going to be very different and here you are going to feel that you know what this is my apicor experience because apicor actually made it really easy to be able to personalize things here a business user can go and actually personalize these things but that's not true for other products such as your ln or site line the experience was very different in those cases so that's where my challenge is when you look at different products it's a completely different product the excel functionality that you are going to get as part of this product is going to be completely different so even though they all are part of the same info umbrella but just because you are switching from csi to your m3 it's not going to be the same experience it's a completely different product okay so some of the commentary overall and i think this thing from tech again i think they reviewed in 4m3 so here they are talking about the product life cycle management and we have some deep features overall from the product life cycle management perspective by the way these are the optional add-ons so you don't have to buy them you can buy just the erp but then i don't know if you are going to get the real flavor inside the erp if you don't buy the plm because the real power of m3 is going to be when you are buying plm as well as erp so here they are saying accelerate development cycles to get ideas to market faster with a product life cycle management and collaboration tool and collaboration is where the key is to be that whole collaboration piece is very in general and even if you are going for other collaboration tools that might be super hot in the market they are not going to work for this in the because the workflow is very different so even the vendor add-ons or the vendor collaboration portals are very 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 different uh you know when you go from industry so here they are saying that empowers fashion companies to seamlessly link vital areas of the fashion value chain to their business processes from line planning and you know these are the terms that phil was using just a few minutes back line planning design development to supply chain sourcing and in season consumer driven design changes now you are going to find some of these features in case of your automotive as well because automotive actually goes through the same process they are trying to analyze consumer data they are trying to analyze in season demand in season is not going to be as relevant as your fashion but you have a lot of overlap overall the way uh, this industry works and then how your automotive is going to work uh, and that's probably the reason why qad in 4m3 they also target things like food because food also goes through the similar seasonal cycle and and similar procurement cycles so here they are saying for the demand planning improve delivery performance reduce excess finished goods inventory and avoid product obsolescence and that's where the real trick is to be. Um, you know when everything is going to be as part of one system that's a huge deal in my for this industry specifically with automated forecasting that uses mathematical forecasting models you can create and compare different forecasting methods using standard formulas but again what forecasting you are going to see in other industries is going to be very different from this industry so again there is a little distinction there now production scheduling so i don't know how different the production scheduling is going to be in this particular industry also there is a there is one more distinction so let's say if you are looking at the apparel manufacturing that's a very different deal 
Okay, if you were the apparel manufacturer, I would blindly go for something like in 4M3. I would not go for something very much, to be honest. Okay, but if you are, let's say, the retailer or distributor, Netsuite may be okay. Because when you get into the real supply chain issues during your operation, that's going to be a very different. Then you need much tighter collaboration if you are also a manufacturer. If you are a manufacturer, then probably just two or three options are there in the market that really specialize in this. So maybe you should go for that. Otherwise, it's going to be really hard. Uh, to enable that functionality on top of your vanilla P. So here they are saying balance the conflicting objectives of avoiding stock outs versus being left with excess inventory while meeting customer orders on time and in full. Short-term planning and scheduling tools enable you to plan large volumes of order across multiple facilities in a complex supply chain. And by the way, we have some of these screenshots for different facilities as well. The, the, here, the planning is going to be per warehouse, the way the ordering is going to be, the way your procurement is going to be. It's very, very, very different from your manufacturing. Uh, so, they, um, so this particular space utilizes a lot of different flavors of how distribution and the retail uh, companies are going to work overall in terms of the planning. For example, let's say if you are ordering a specific style, okay? You know that this style only sells at this specific store <laughs> in this state. Then, you know, if you actually keep a lot more there, then you are probably going to have a lot more left there, but you are not going to have anything where customers might be looking. So that's how nuanced it gets. So let's say if you have 40 different stores, you really need to plan at the store level. You need to plan at the eye level. If you are not able to do that, then you are probably going to get into a lot of issues from the planning perspective. So this is the, and by the way, this is now, you are going to feel as if the product is completely different, but we are looking at the food and beverage capabilities now. So this is how deep their lot tracking capabilities is in the food and beverage space. So they are equally deep, even though it might feel that, okay, how's apparel related with food and beverage? They are actually very tightly related in the way their lot tracking functionality is going to work the way that your quality processes are going. So that's the reason why these guys are trying to do uh, a lot more food and beverage as well. And food and beverage has similar distribution and retail flavors as you are going to have in your chemical or you are going to have, let's say, in your apparel uh, retail. This is the equipment rental functionality. Again, it seems very unrelated, to be honest. And I don't know why these all are part of the same solution. So here you are going to get features such as availability of technician. You are going to get agreement as part of your customer order. Uh, typically, when you are going to go to a manufacturing software, they sometimes don't even have the, the contract as part of your work order. So you might not be able to correlate those two because you are serving against an agreement. When you are doing a rental, you have the rental agreement. And when you are doing the service calls, you are actually providing services based on that. So the whole workflow of the providing the services, finding the equipment, you know, tracking your entire workflow over the life cycle of that equipment, needs to be part of your ERP system. And that's where the trick is. And that's where you require a lot more nuanced functionality. And typically, rental is extremely tricky to implement in the vanilla ERP system as well. So this is where M3 really shines. Any comments, guys? One okay. comment. Back to my original question to you, Sam. What was M3 called? Lawson. Well, so I think there are there is a little layer there. And that's why I didn't want to uh, name Lawson because Lawson has two different flavors. Lawson was originally designed as the financial. Okay. Oh. So it, right now we have S3 and M3 both. So you are probably right that they probably share the similar technical infrastructure underneath. But as such, the S3 product is completely different. That is targeted more towards hospital, you know, for hospitality, then your fashion, etc. So I don't know if this is the same Lawson product, but M3 and S3 are very different products in general. Okay, uh, any other comments, guys? 
So this is the workflow that we are looking at from the testing perspective. And when you look at the testing of food and beverage or the chemical company, it gets very deep. And Dave, you are going to get kicked out of it. Okay. So here we are looking at the in-process testing in multiple test cases. And this workflow needs to be fast. If you really want to be profitable or you want to sell under your contribution margin, uh, you know, otherwise you are going to have real trouble uh, in terms of your operation. So the efficiency of these test cases, the way the data is going to be captured to make sure that you are not sending something that is going to kill somebody. Because, you know, that's the, the implication that we are looking at when you look at, you know, food and beverage or, or chemicals industry. So the whole test workflow is extremely important. The way it works, you know, it has a lot of layers. And again, implementing this on top of vanilla ERP system, good luck with that. Yeah, no, no doubt that'd be a, a an interesting implementation. <laughs> this is really slick. As long as you are not calling me, I'm completely okay with that. <laughs> okay. So now this is the related products that you get. I mean, these are the similar products as we saw in case of LN, but here you are going to get some more products. So here, number one difference is going to be in four wisdom, which is the e-commerce product from N4. So they are positioning M3 as more of the retail solution, but it's not the retail retail. It's more of the fashion retail. Okay. So there is a little difference there. I mean, it's not really designed for your grocery shopping. Uh, I don't know how many grocery uh, companies are probably going to be using this ERP, but it's really designed for those fashion regions. So you are going to get Info Rhythm. You are you had Info WMS as part of your your LN. So here the difference is going to be Info Supply Chain SAP and Phil. You like this one a lot. And the Info Nexus, the whole supply chain, uh, you know, solution is actually uh, integrated as part of your suite. So you are going to get that as well. Uh, this is going to be your full blown. Uh, I don't know, uh, Blue Yonder is, is one name. Obviously, they are going to be far deeper, but Nexus is equally deep in terms of, and they are going to be integrated as part of this. Yep, and again, perfect for the couple industries they're in, you know, know. the FCP as well as the PLM that are related to that. You know, like you said, I'm a little skeptical on the rhythm, but maybe for this space, they've got a very strong front end as well. I don't know. I have never seen anybody using it, so don't quote me on this. <laughs> So I don't know how much it is sold and how successful it is, but, you know, it's definitely there. Okay, so some reviews. Uh, uh, now, here we are looking at some of the complaints that we have seen overall in the ION layer. That's what, uh, you know, we are seeing from users a lot. So here we are saying APIs to many of the document types like orders do not allow access to key data field developers need. So you have to build your own extend APIs uh, to get access to this data. ION as a tool is very limited and really not that stable with high volume, which is right as well. I have seen a lot of issues in the high volume industry. So Info likes to sell Info OS uh, as this magic solution that is going to be integrated, but everything is integrated using Info OS. So overall, Info OS has a lot of problems in general. So the best thing that you can do, you still have to use Info OS, but use some sort of high pass to do your external interfacing as opposed to utilizing Info OS for that. Uh, if you are going to shove everything inside in 4OS, good luck with that implementation. So, um, and, you know, this is the review that we are seeing because, you know, typically what Enforce likes to claim is that, you know, you should be shoving everything inside in 4OS, which is a huge red flag. And that's the same trend that we are hearing from a lot of different companies and the users. The good news is you can skip ION, which is what user is recommending and call the APIs directly with other solutions or run ION very slim. And that's exactly what I said. And call the ION API. That's what I personally would do if I was using any sort of info solution. Uh, here uh, it is saying managed in different sales organization. So overall the sales organization functionality is not going to be as deep. Uh, I guess that's what they are saying. So this is where 
the larger solution versus slightly smaller solution are going to differ overall in terms of the enterprise complexity. So if you are going to have very enterprise-centric workflow for your sales territory planning, that's where these solutions are going to fall short. And that's why, you know, you are not using M3 for, let's say, 2 or $3 billion. If you are there, then figure out how to build this functionality on top of SAP and keep at least $10 million just for that development. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, uh, you know, it's not going to work. So depending upon whether you need the your operational uh, enterprise-centric financial workflow or you require a slightly more operational, you need to make your mind. You're not going to get both. That's pretty much it for the presentation. I don't know if I have anything else here. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, so we I'm do actually... have one question, Sam, that was asked earlier, and we had moved on, so I left it for the end, but it was one we were talking about it enterprise search and the question was how do we define that and the uh the person asking said uh is it find this item vendor con uh, customer in any po invoice quote ticket quantity adjustment return etc which is well the database basically yeah yeah it's basically cross database is, is that the right way how would you how would you define enterprise search so the way i personally like to define it is going to be okay do you have a google for your internal erp that's what enterprise is supposed to that's, be. That's another good way to think about yeah, it. Everyone yeah. uses that as a slang. Google and search. Then, and then we also have a participant who also, like Andy, has a sense of humor. And he says, uh, looking at these two deep functionalities with rental and clothing matrix support, I'd shudder at the intersection <laughs> of the <two laughs> rental of clothes. And that could be the reason <laughs> what MP might be, to be one giant that, rental that's like business. business <laughs> Ask him if I can coin that phrase. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be one big rental business. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, I think Stitch oh, fixes in that business. They are struggling right now. Them. Yeah. But it, but it, but it's true. I everything made sense till you got to that rental slide, and then I just thought I didn't I didn't you know it's like Sesame Street. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a very interesting product, and that's where I mean it's it's kind of hard to sort of, and sometimes it's going to feel all over the place to be honest as part of the presentation because one time you are talking about design apparel, and then next time rentals. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're in distribution, if you're with a complex product development like fashion, seasonal business, fast moving, you know, needing a lot of granularity on, on de demand planning. Wow. I mean, that's, that's, there's some, oh, wow. In and this a reasonably good sized company too. This yeah. is not yeah. Yeah. the fainted heart. No. This yeah. is a serious ERP. You know, and I can see why the relationship too is to, is to like, uh, you know, is food, beverage, some things like that, maybe some yeah. chemicals. But, but if you get outside those lanes, I didn't see much. I guess they can rent food, right? <laughs> you can always rent food. Back, back to the position. Isn't that what you're though. already doing, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> you are right. <laughs> Sorry. Dave, okay. Go ahead. We'll, 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 no, I was just we'll I was going to make a comment back, back, back to Phil's point. I mean, it's really how they position it, though. Um, you know, they, they have it very very clearly defined from a positioning standpoint. So, I mean, it, it, it aligns with that very well. And, you know, kind of what you see is what you get a lot of deep functionality in, in a couple of really specific verticals. And uh, if you fall outside of that, you best look somewhere else. This might be, a, I'm, I'm not sure what size of companies you work with, Dave, but I think they're mostly process type companies. This might be something they would consider. Yeah, I think, you know, for me, this would be on the upper end of, uh, you know, size companies that I typically deal with, Andy. 
Yeah. But uh, yeah, definitely would fall into that side of things. I really like the the kind of uh, quality management testing process that you know that was uh, shown in there. I mean that 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 functionality alone uh, does not exist in in a lot of these you know solutions. So that alone for the right business makes you know makes a lot of makes a lot of sense. So they make it significant. Don't forget uh, rentals. Don't forget rentals. <laughs> 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 By the way, Dave, so if you're liking the quality, if you are going to have MES as part of your fold, because if you are going to have anybody who is going to be passionate about Industry 4.0, food and beverage, they are big on Industry 4.0, then you are going to have MES, then quality is probably going to reside Ooh. there. One more integration. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, well, I'm warming up for those integrations, Sam. I'm don't, sure don't call me. Buying, don't are call you buying me. stock in MuleSoft or something? What's going on with you? <laughs> <laughs> I would love to. Okay, as long as I'm buying these stuff, don't call me for technical problems. You know, <laughs> that, that falls. In, yeah, we have that. Don't worry. <laughs> hey, thank you, Sam, for uh, inviting us again. Yeah, okay. good, good oh, session tonight, good Sam. Session. That was very informative. Learned a lot and and uh, and good exchange. All right, amazing guys. So that's a wrap. And uh, if you joined for the first time, this was part of our industry series for which we meet every Tuesday at five thirty p.m. Eastern. We pick one vendor or the solution that we do independently. So make sure you guys are going to be here next week. We are going to come back with another solution. On that note, thanks everyone for your time and insights tonight. Thanks everybody. Thanks. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show, for sharing their knowledge and journey. I always pick up learnings from our guests and hopefully you learned something new today. If you want to learn more about Dave Chrysler, head over to the Chrysler.club. It's C-H-E-C-R-Y. S-L-E-R.C-L-U-B. If you want to learn more about ND Radical, head over to essoft.com. It's E-S-S-O-F-T.com. If you want to learn more about Phil Kerper, head over to ringlingbusinesssolutions.com. It's R-I-N-G-L-I-N-G-B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S-S-O-L-U-T-I-O-N-S.com. Links and more information will also be available in the show notes. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, you might want to check other related episodes, including the interview with Noemi Kess, who shares her insights into how the water industry works and how its sales cycle differs from other industries. Also, the interview with Paul Briegel, who shares his insights into the operational challenges and quick fixes to deliver desired KPIs for a chemical company. Also, don't forget to subscribe and spread the word among folks with similar backgrounds. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please review and rate us on your favorite podcasting platform or DM me on any social channels. I'll try my best to respond personally and make sure you get help. Thank you and I hope to catch you on the next episode of the WBS Podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the WBS Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information on growth strategies for SMBs using ERP and digital transformation, check out our community at wbs.rocks. We'll see you next time.